What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Nerd Herd, a comic book club. If you're checking us out for the first time, we are a book club for people who like to read comic books. Every week, we'll take a different story arc or a collective volume, which we'll read along together. And then we'll gather by these live streams to share our thoughts, views, reviews, scores, all of that good stuff, uh, and to record the podcast as well. So that's right. We're on all available, major available uh, podcast networks. So, if you do want to get involved, it couldn't be easier. I don't think we ever tell anyone how they can get involved, and we really should, shouldn't we? You used to. That's true. That's true. Did yeah. I used to? I oh, swear man. you used to, yeah. I've been slacking. Well, if you want to get involved, it could not be easier. Just say hi in the chat. Um, we'll say hello back. We're a friendly bunch. And at the end of this episode, we will let you know what we're reading next week. So you can have a read of that, and then you can join us next week and join the discussion. Could not be simpler. That easy. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Okay. Uh, if you are joining us live right now on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, thank you very much for coming and participating in the episode 43 now. Um, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Uh, you guys reading along and sharing your thoughts and opinions and stuff is what makes this super, super fun. Um, so thanks for joining us again. Okay. Uh, before we get to introducing everybody, uh, and seeing who's joining us, let me remind you what we are reading this week. This week, we have been reading uh, Deadly Class, of volume two, uh, which was written by Rick Remender, and the art was done by Wes Craig. This was published by Image Comics uh, in 2015, I think the trade paperback was, um, and this contains issues seven to 11, uh, and you can also get this in a, a, a super nice hardback format as well which good luck getting hold of one of them i've tried like you just can't get one so you just lied to everyone you said they could <laughs> well they could. if you're willing to pay an absolute ridiculous amount of money then yeah go for it but they're, they're pretty scarce man i'm sure highland g has got one oh no doubt he's, he's probably got one yeah for sure uh okay uh so let me introduce you to my co-hosts and they are, we have Phil from Phil's Nerdiverse returning this week. The return, yes. Heidi ho, everyone. The return of the Mac, as they say. Uh, we have Shane from Dawn of Comics wearing his fancy hat. Bad hair day. Oh, hoy, hoy, everyone. <laughs> and we have Scott from Scott Shelf. Shumai, everyone. How you doing? Shumai to you, mate. Are we all looking forward to revisiting the King's Dominion, let me get that right, school uh, this week? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Shane's doing this. Shane's doing the wobble. Shane, he's wobbling. He's wobbling. What? All right, folks, let's let's meet. Let's see who is joining us and meet who's the people making up the, uh, the herd this week uh, for episode 43. We've got Daryl first in. Nice, says nice. Daryl. Nice. Uh, we've got uh, SCC, classes in session. That's what he's saying there. Damn right, my friend. Uh, we got Highland G. Hey, everyone. How you doing, mate? Uh, we have Adam and Coral joining us. And I just want to take this moment to say happy birthday to Adam. It's a belated birthday with, uh, last week. Uh, so Adam turned a good age of 21 again for the third time. Oh, yep. another one. Yep. Happy birthday. <laughs> So happy birthday to you. Liam Cartwright is here saying hi D ho. And uh we've got the return of a kidnap. I haven't forgotten how to pronounce your name, buddy. I still got it. I wrote it down to my fridge. Um says, Hey all, uh, it's been a while. I wonder if Dean still remembers how to pronounce my screen. Name. There you go. Boom, done. <laughs> and here she is, the one we look for every week. It's Beth. Hey, everyone, nearly forgot you were on. I've been in bed poorly all day. Oh, sorry to hear that, Beth. I hope you're feeling all right. And and it's jumped on me, as it always does. Uh, we have MJ Comics saying, hello, fellas. How did you boys, James hello, and Mikey? Hope you're good. Uh, and here he is. We've got Tom from This Month in Movies, the man that chose this week's reading. Hey, guys, managed to pull over. Hope you have a great show and enjoy the read. Hashtag Witchblade Redemption, he says. <laughs> Nothing good um, in the book. <laughs> <laughs> and Highland G, I think uh, he's saying, I have both hard the hardcovers. Nailed it. Hold it. Oh, yes. Well done, my friend. 
Uh, and we also have our man Chris here as well from Off My Shell saying hello all. There you go. I think I've got everyone. Scott. Yes, sir. Yeah. Awesome. All right. There we go. Okay. And we're going to need to kick us off. Tom sadly couldn't come and join us, as you probably got from the message there. He's busy doing work things, so he's clearly not got his priorities right in life um, <laughs> if he's not joining us on a Wednesday. Um, but it's, uh, he, he chose this book this week. Uh, so we're going to need a synopsis and we can't get it from Tom who chose the book. So do we have any volunteers? I think you should do it. <sighs> okay. All right. Man. Okay. Um, well, I've got to do it next week as well. You meanies. <laughs> get some practice in. Yeah. Um, so uh, volume two of deadly class uh, follows not far on, uh, right after Deadly Class Volume 1. I think that one was set in 87. This one's set in 88. Uh, and it's called Kids of the Black Hole, I do believe. Um, and this follows up the kind of... It wasn't really a cliffhanger or an ending in Volume 1, but it continues us getting to understand the character develop around the guy who's hounding Marcus and his gang at, at the King's Dominion School. Uh, we also have the fact that we left the last volume on a murder. Um, so there's a continuation of that story thread in volume two as well. Um, and we also, I think, get a lot of character development around some of the other characters um, in this volume as well. Uh, it's a little less druggy, um, but it is very, very action-packed, uh, much like the first one. There you go. Yep. Great. Okay. Yeah, All right, then. Thank you very much. Uh, so, um, and Liam is saying here, is this the first viewer choice about the viewer taking part? Correct you are, Liam. Ten points for paying attention. <laughs> Ten They've points. They've been noted down. Ten nerd herd points. Whoa. Well, well, what, what can you do with the nerd herd points? Uh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> They're just cool to have. <laughs> and more of PC for grading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, folks, let's get this one started and underway. Uh, Phil, seeing as you was away last week, mate, do you want to go first and kick us off with the art? Yeah, certainly. I'm sure everyone's delighted that I am back this week, so they want more of me. Of course they do. Um, oh, yeah. See, yeah. Before you, we go... You uh, went away? Ahead. You went away? <laughs> I, was just, I was just absent for a week. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't notice. Oh, all right, okay. <laughs> I, I heard you were crying. Anyway, <laughs> before I like, can move into the art, like I just want to like kind of make reference like the first issue, like of issue seven off this of this book because it was just so jam packed of an issue. I've written it all down. Like you mentioned, it's, it's less druggy, but this issue had cocaine, heroin, sex, murder, poo. It had depression. It had you know a romance kind of. Bloom or Bloomin is the right word. I think it just had so much in that first issue. It kind of blew me away. My kind like, of weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I just I just thought the first issue of this volume was just like just so much, but in such a good way. But the art, um obviously it's, it's still very consistent from the first volume. One thing I maybe didn't appreciate with the first volume, which I did with this one, is the colour. Uh, I think someone touched on it the last time around that the, the way the colours changed, it really did a good job at setting the scene. And one thing I really noticed is like it's later on in the book when they're having the gun battle and the mm -hmm. room's all lit up yellow and orange and then they stop shooting and it goes all calm and nice, a nice blue colour. I just love the way that the colour changed throughout the book just to yeah. completely set the scene that, that, that yeah. was made. And yeah, again, I Me didn't too, appreciate man. it in the first volume, but I loved it in this one. Yeah, I think it was more um I don't know whether they ramped it up or not from memory of reading this week but it definitely seems to have more even more of an impact in volume two for me yeah that's that's why i noticed it yeah i thought i thought it was terrific uh before we move on let's just ch check some of the comments sorry there scott let me just pause right. a second we've got jay rails joining us as well hello to you uh it says the background art reminds me of the battle royale movie yeah it kind of is a little bit i can see uh where you get that from um and uh liam is questioning was phil here you know who? Um, and uh, we've got J7 Comics joining us as well. How did you, my friend? He says he loves the palette changes in this. Uh, Scott, you were going to say something? Yeah, uh, to touch on the whole, you know, colour changing thing. Um, I think it was the second issue in this in this uh, volume was the, the the whole flashback scene of him, like in in the orphanage, and you know him building that little 
needle bomb, isn't it? But then like every two pages changed color. So you've got one that's like all yellow and you've got like an orange and then like a dark orange and then a green and a blue and another orange and stuff like that. And it was really cool how it kept like changing colors back and forth to to really just represent what was going on and, and the mood. Uh, Can I ask a question? Uh, just because yeah. you've brought it up there, was it the needle bomb that did that to his face? It was, it was wasn't it? It was poisoned. Yeah. yeah, it was poisoned. Yeah, yeah. And it was probably a bit yeah. of both. I think. Yeah, yeah. when the explosion went off. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because he was on the floor, wasn't he? he was poisoned. He was on the floor, and then the needle bomb. Went. And yeah, okay. So I, but I wasn't sure. I was like, am I not getting something there? But yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, just be dead. Yeah. I feel right. like. Um, I, I do appreciate the colour change. I do appreciate the palette. But we saw all this in the first volume. I was kind of a little bit, I've seen this already. I wasn't as impressed as I was with the first, when we did, when we read it the first time, like the first volume, I was so impressed with the colour changes for every page and everything had its own tone. In this book, I was just like, yeah, I just expected it this time. So I, I don't know if I was spoiled because I've already read it, like the first volume. Wow. But I was just expecting the colour to change. And it I'm, su least... I'm surprised there, mate, because I am the total opposite. I honestly felt this, the palette in this had more of a punch to it than the first one did for me. That's oh, interesting, mate. Yeah, at I, least, I it, at least it's consistent. I think you may be mm. more upset if it wasn't there. Mm, that's Probably. Point. But I was expecting it, so it wasn't anything spectacular for me because I'd seen it in the first volume. So it was just, it was just. So something you're, that so you're saying it's just as good? Oh yeah, I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm not saying this is good. I'm just saying my brain just sort of turned off to the, to, just turned off. Yeah, like, you got you got sort of overly familiar with it yeah. as going yeah. forward. Jason comments makes a good point as well. He says you can't beat the acid trip colours in the first volume, but I still really enjoyed the consistency. Yeah. And I yeah. think I, I did too. I think the consistency in this for me was great. But again, I don't know whether it's because the story ramped up and I was maybe feeling it a bit more, but I felt the artwork really stepped up in this. Um again, palette and Wes Craig's drawing and illustrations. I thought it all ramped up a notch. I there was is one something like the drug thing in volume one. Like there was no standout thing like that. Like when they were when they got to Vegas and they were all high, that was just an amazing thing. That entire yeah. it was it was very they, clever the way they did that. Yeah, and there was nothing like that in this book. Unfortunately, there was no standout panel or page that did that. I I, I kind of disagree. I'm kind of with Scott. I think the gunfight. Thing was kind of just as clever but in i think in maybe in a bit more of a subtle way it wasn't as in your face as the kind of the drug reference stuff um so but i can i do get what you mean like the drug referencing was very standout and it was very separate from the rest of what we'd read wasn't it in that first volume so yeah definitely kind of hit yeah um let's just say hello to sean the noob as well evening folks hope you are well we are good mate i hope you are too I have a bit of an issue which I don't really understand. So maybe someone could help me out. There was a lot of kind of scenes, particularly with like the, I don't know what the technical term is, but the hillbillies, and and they were hitting. Whenever they wanted to hit somebody, it's like their skin on their fingers was like melted away. I don't know if I, why it was drawn that purposely. Like, did you, anyone notice that? No, it's like oh, I, I don't know if he was trying I... to get motion into the hand or something, or it just looked like they were like, this, like their hands yeah, were melting. I noticed that with some of their facial features, right? Like that girl yeah. in the alley, you know, when in, when it starts and she kind of collars that guy coming out of the clinic. Yeah. Um, my first reaction was like, "How can I get this girl's phone number?" Um, <laughs> and then secondly, I noticed like what you said. Um, some of the, the features do look a bit crooked, like her teeth. A kind oh, yeah. of a bit strange and it's almost like not as obvious that you would look at it and go yeah they're meant to be crooked but you're kind of questioning it in your mind going i think that that's just to add a bit of grotesqueness to it for me yeah no i just thought some of the art was slightly odd and even the guy who um in the gun battle scene whenever um who was fighting the granny was it Maria was fighting the granny in the bathroom yes. and yeah. she grand grand and then she killed her and then her so grandson came in and his face is almost like like you know completely different like, like human anatomy towards than, than everyone else and it's just like I get what they're trying to maybe kind of portray there but it's just odd that like you can't 
have like normal facial features or something like that? I, 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 I see where you're going and I, I kind of don't think it's, it's an invalid opinion, but for me, that kind of makes the, the style of the book for me. Like it's got its own thing going on. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like you just said odd and yeah. that little odd quirk in it for me really helps set the tone of the book for me personally. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it is just indifferent, I suppose. It's not it's not like I hate it or anything. But um I don't know if you'll be able to see this, but I found a panel of where if you look at the hand that punches the gran, yeah. like see like the skin is melting or something from oh, her yeah. index finger. Like mm. I just I didn't understand yeah. what, what the purpose like of that was. I think it is just movement. Well, one of them does have something wrong with her fingers, doesn't she? Because he asks her about it. He says, yeah, what's, what's up with your fingers? Yeah, has like, missing, like those two yeah. fingers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, off my shelves here, he's saying uh, that is one thing I think the art failed on was clarity of story as the poison bombing of the nutter was one of the many things that could have been better defined, even with a stylized art form. I think we're talking about the um, the, the guy's face. Uh, yeah, and he also that. says, I guess he's referring to the, the hillbilly family there, and he's saying they look like the mutants from The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, and they do. I, I thought the exact same yeah. thing as well. Yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're not wrong there. They do. You're very similar. Got a similar vibe, yeah. All right, should we, uh, should we get to doing those um, those favourite pages then uh, that we've Absolutely. picked? And we, if maybe those that haven't read along or haven't read Deadly Class, we can give them a little example of maybe what it looks like. Uh, okay, so let's start off with... I'm trying to pick like the least wrongen, um, <laughs> and it's 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 not very uh, possible. Uh, Shane, let's start with yours, me. Oh, nice. There we go. Ah, oh, great. Yeah. So, um, I picked this one. There was a couple I wanted to pick. Obviously, um, like I say, the art was consistent. I've got. It's not a negative. It's just I was expecting the color changes. That's all. But I like the brutality of Maria in this scene, and I just love that top panel with the pitchfork going through taking the eye out i thought that was drawn really well yeah. and just the brutality yeah it's grotesque oh yeah. god yeah she finally snaps there don't she well she no she kind of realigns her then she kind of realizes yeah. like She's all the worrying and anxiety whole... yeah she just if it she just realizes that you know it's not worth all of that stress and internal worry that she's had and she just lets go man on that uh is that the grandma? That is the grandma. Yeah, isn't grand, it? Grand, yeah. grand, 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 yeah. Highland uh, uh, <laughs> G saying uh, the group's teams themes were very ex exaggerated stereotypes and the characters playing to that and their personalities too. I found. I don't think you're wrong. I think we mentioned that in volume one, didn't we? I found it less so in volume two, but definitely kind of that hit home with volume one for me. Um, yeah. Totally, com completely. But again, when you're doing that kind of like breakfast club high school scenario it's easy to do that storytelling isn't it to have like your jocks and your nerds and your, do, you, do you know what i mean like but yeah i totally get where you're coming from there but shane this is great and i love the colors in this as well i love the colors on this page all three of them <laughs> I, I i almost picked this myself because see those like is it six kind of uh panels going across the middle yeah. like like if you were on the other end at pitchfork, if you were still alive at this point, like how frightening would that face be? You know, with the mask and stuff, like it'd be yeah. absolutely terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I almost, I actually ran out of time, but I was going to do an, an Instagram post to let people know we were going live, and I found a Maria mask filter. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> no, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll save it for volume three when we do that one day. Um, Echidna is saying, uh, I think the art and writing both work pretty hard to make the bad guys ugly and easy to hate because the good guys already kind of hard to like. That's a good point as well. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, they're, they're not, you know, wholesome and nice kids really, are they? You know, um, so yeah, good point, you know, for the, the art, the, showing different levels of grotesqueness. Yeah, it could be. The cool thing is, is that you actually do root for these kids, even though they are, oh, yeah. you know, killers and, you know, uh, children of you know, uh, you know, their mums and dads, which are like deadly, powerful people, you still root for these kids and it's cool. Like that, you know, how, how, uh, how they make us feel that way. And yeah, I think, yeah. I think I, I think I agree with Echidna that, yeah, that, that's pretty, it's probably spot on to be honest with, you know, how they make all the bad guys look, you know, pretty 
gross and a bit yeah you know, well i think what you what you're doing there is you you're setting that level of of grotesqueness like and you might be saying well these guys are like here it's almost kind of subtly done isn't it but these guys are worse because they look yeah you know. but again you shouldn't be so judgmental no, you shouldn't judge people mean, on their looks yeah absolutely man absolutely not especially when like this guy comes into it and he's like very very intelligent oh, oh yeah he's, he's, he's almost like a prophet yeah he was having like an epiphany or something, wasn't he? Like, but he just loves his gran. That's it. He was defending his gran. He, nah, he, he went all guy. he he went all biblical on people. He did, man. Yeah. He was getting all kinds of like he was preaching about you know the redneck way of life and stuff at like that yeah. point. All right, folks. Uh, any more on this one? That's cool. Okay, then let's uh, move on to Auntie Phil. Yeah, it's just it's just. This scene was almost kind of heartbreaking as well. Like the fact that that uh, this is this is Maria's father, who's uh, he's st- he stolen something from the kind of main. I can't. I don't know the kind of Spanish name of him, but uh, the governor, if you want to call him that, like of the area, or whatever. And he stole something to kind of provide for his family. But this is what they do to people who steal from them to, to prove a point. And they've already killed his family, and there's his daughter Maria, you know, clutching on to him, and he's hanging there. And it's just it's all kind of like heartbreaking to see as well and the fact that they take her away and i guess the way it's kind of portrayed on, on the cross because you know, this right we've mentioned it's, it's biblical throughout and there's another kind of like image he's on the cross here things burning around him and and uh yeah i just thought it was very i thought it was very sad to be i honest. gotta say i really enjoyed maria's backstory like yeah. you just said it is absolutely heartbreaking and you, when you see her in volume one and how she behaves how kind of like bold and fearless she seems in volume one you don't kind of expect this kind of backstory you know and i thought that was really good how they put that in there yeah it just yeah. it just kind of adds on to the kind of turmoil you see her going through in this in this book you know you know she's she's depressed she's upset she's uh desperate she's clingy and needy and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, like you read, you know, this is just a tiny bit of a backstory, obviously, but you kind of start to, you know, put two or two together and you can see things, you know, you can understand. Yeah, totally. And I think that's clever how they do that slowly. But mm. I, I find that in this book in general, like it's like they, um, they really took their time uh, with the characters on this. Like they don't rush anything. I never felt like anything was all like, well, this person's like this because bam, there it is, you know, like, it's yeah. a real slow burn of character development for me. And I love that. That's Absolutely good, love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I did feel really bad for her at that point. I think that was a, it was a defining moment in this volume. I think that was. Uh, and let's just, just, sorry, Phil. So, go on. I was just going to say the layout of it too, the fact that he takes up, him on the cross takes up the whole page and there's yeah. like five different panels there kind of telling the story. Yeah. That's great. SEC saying the structure of that page is done really well. Yeah, no, yeah, totally like, agrees with. And how they use, you know, her dad on the cross to split up panels, you yeah. know, so there's not actually five, there's like yeah. ten panels, oh, there, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's like it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. the top starts behind the panels and then the bottom's actually in front yeah. of them. Like just yeah. little things. And it's it is covering his eyes. And I was like, is that intentional? It must have been. Yeah, that was the only thing that kind of bugged me about it. But then you're right; there must be a reason for it. I think because you see his t- his tears in the bottom left corner, so maybe they wanted yeah, to yeah. kind of keep that for that one that one panel. Probably. Yeah, and Liam is saying, uh, "Love that page uh, as well." Uh, we also have uh, Fuzzy Dunlop joining us as well. Howdy to you, mate! I hope you are well this evening. Uh, and we've got a comment here from Chris, who I like the way he kind of like judges his is friendships he says i don't root for them i'll be honest there was not a single likable character but the ones that push their friends into poo are the worst i agree <laughs> that, that that was a great that was a great scene on that book that that should be a rule for making friends in general yeah <laughs> yeah don't push me on poo we're good i don't think they're his friends they're his underlings aren't they he doesn't have yeah i don't think they, aren't they family though as well because they keep calling themselves the like uncle and cousin and stuff like that Stolen well, bread, I suppose. Yeah, technically they're all family. Yeah, I think there's some <laughs> weird stuff going on. And uh, J7 agrees with you, Phil, loves that page as well. All right, let's move on then, folks. Uh, Scott, uh, do you want to go next, mate? There you go. You I pick was, this one. <laughs> I was absolutely 
buckled looking at this page. It was hilarious. Like the whole lead up to this, it was like the start of the, the fourth issue in this in this book. And it was like he was hung over, he just woken up from his, you know, uh sexy night with Saya. And uh, you know, he's running hungover, he's having a terrible time, he's throwing up on his way, you know, he nearly gets run over and he's late for his job and he gets his job and he's trying to get through the day and this kid is winding him up. And then he he just goes, oh, I'll get him back. I'll, I'll I'll fart on him. And then he just lets loose and just follows it's, through. It's it's not a fart. He follows through. And I was just in stitches. Like this may not be the the, the best page artistically, but this was like hilarious. And this was definitely a memorable one for me. Yeah. Um, well, I, I will yeah. say Marcus has ruined any chance of friendship with Chris from off my shelves right there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I just I, I I love the way that the you know the words like the the word of that is drawn you know all green and a bit messy and it's just brilliant. Absolutely, we got a kid here as well saying <laughs> is a great sound effect. <laughs> With that little boy is like Marcus just shit himself on purpose. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, oh, I, was, yeah. I was gone. It was brilliant. I loved it. I mean, I'm not one for this kind of humour, um, as most people will know. But mm-hmm. i got to say, I, I did like this. And it was that comment from that kid. I can't remember his name now. But it's that comment you just said there where he's like, you shit some. But he just added on purpose to it. Like, <laughs> it just made it seem extra funny to me. Like, And I don't usually find this stuff funny. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this as well. It's Brilliant. because that, that kid as well had been pestering him all morning to get like a, yeah. a, a drawing of Spider-Man or something. He yeah. promised he would do it. Yeah. But I almost picked the next page of this where he's, he was cleaning it all up. And I thought, yes. I can't have two weeks in a row where I pick pages based on tort humor. Like last week I had the pee in the speech <laughs> bubble. I couldn't have two this week. So I had to, I had to pick something different. But yeah, they, that's that's hilarious. That, that is nice. <laughs> I was waiting for this page to happen because I've seen the TV show. But before I read uh, any of these, right. I watched the show. And because volume one was beat for beat, like the first half of the season, I assumed volume two would be beat for beat the second half. So I was waiting for so many moments from the TV show and I was waiting for this, but it still caught me off guard and I still laughed really hard at this page. Yes. So So just for me, because I've never seen the TV show, does the TV show cover volume two then? Is that where the TV show ends? Uh, okay, right. And this scene is in the is in the TV show, so just YouTube this scene if you want to. I've, I've got to go and watch it. Every, everybody keeps telling me how great it is. The only thing that puts me off is the fact that it's been cancelled. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I know I'm going to get really into it, and then I'm going to be gutted that there isn't any more for me to watch. Yeah, it was you really know. good. All right, folks. Any more on this one? No. Okie doke. Moving on. I actually chose something rather tame. <laughs> I chose this one uh, and it was probably less about the art and I think this is just before um, Scott's page that he picked there Yeah, but the writing in this just really hit home to me because <laughs> he's talking about fandoms and nerddoms there because he's working in a comic book shop and I just thought you c- it's clear Rick Remender must have been involved in all of that when he was younger because he just sums up like all of the crap from nerds and fandom and stuff that you get in there and i'll just read you a little bit as well he just says like um he says uh uh they yell they bicker over trivia and they try and argue with me about who the best inker is how little i really know about doom patrol how much better paul smith is than john byrne they haggle over pedantic nonsense in shrill voices the indie nerds pop caps on the mainstream nerds vice versa just like anyone else, pecking orders established, elitism in every social subject, they gang up and single out. Yeah. <laughs> I had actually written that down myself, elitism in every social subset, because it was, and it's hit home, that's all true, they were saying. You're right. I just thought, you know, given some of my experience, um, yeah, I just thought, wow, like Rick Remender definitely nailed that one, man. Totally. <laughs> so yeah that's really for me it's just that 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 writing i i just think that that's how identifiable this book is and but this is by no means i think the only part that will stand out for people to identify with as well um i think there's quite a lot in this book and that's why i chose this page as a reflection of just how well i think rick remender 
knows these characters and knows the references he's drawing from in real life. Yeah. So there we go. That is what I chose. Uh, and Highland G says, I love the nerdy chat. That's so why we're here every Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. So I chose that page uh, for that particular reason. All right, then. Uh, any more on the art? I know some of you have notes sometimes. You're all professional like that. I do have more on the art, but I'm looking at the time. We should go on to the... You sure? Uh, we got time, mate. We're okay. I just wanted to talk about the, the movements of the panels, like how how they were, you know, always like, you know, some were bigger, smaller, left, right, you know, yes. whatever. And it was just all really cool. Like whenever there was some sort of action scene, um, you know, it would just kind of move, move like that. And like you'd have little panels in bigger panels and it was just, you know, everything can, was everywhere. Can I, can I ask you guys a question? Because um, I, I know some people aren't, <laughs> aren't a fan of it, but... You know, he almost had like margin notes, didn't he? Like yeah, where the narration yeah. was kind of thing yeah. going on. Did that? Did everyone like that, or did that irritate people? It was fine. I thought it was quite clever. I liked it's, it. It's like the Dark Knight Returns. Another reference to Dark Knight Returns that has that, doesn't it? Which is kind of margin down the sides mm. of, of narration and stuff. But yeah, I did. I didn't. I didn't. Shane, I find it lazy writing. It's more tell, don't show, and this is a comic book, so you need to show, don't tell. Um, it wasn't too much, so it was all right. But if it was, if it carried on at the pace that it started, because it started yeah. really heavy, and if it carried on like that, I would have had a problem. But yeah, there's only I think a couple of pages, isn't that, where it's kind of very monologue driven, and it's it's in those margins there. So yeah, it is it is only a short bit. All right, anything else, Scott? No, that's it for me, really. Thank you. All right, let's move on to the writing and the story then and uh, see what we made of that because I think we've naturally touched on it a bit anyway. So, uh, Shay, you want to go? Um, like I said with the with um, Scott's pick, um, this is pretty much beat for beat, the TV show, so I was just expecting things to happen. I was waiting for things to happen. It didn't stop me from enjoying it. I still enjoyed it um, for the most part. Um, I noticed the differences between the TV show and this book and the differences in the writing. The TV show is a lot more um, family-friendly, even though it's still got the swear words and stuff. It doesn't have seven uses of the word faggot like this volume does. And I'm not easily offended. I'm not offended by that You word. can't say those words. We're going to get banned from Deezer. Stop it. I'm not offended by the word, it doesn't bother me, but when someone uses it just for the shock value, um, and that many times in a book, it just loses yeah. its impact for me, and I just felt like it was just a bit lazy and a bit... I'm glad you brought that up, mate, because that was one of the kind of mental notes I've made that I yeah. do think, okay, yeah, they use the word to kind of make a point on um, what type of characters these people are, but I do feel it was a little bit overused in this. I mean, it was yeah. even a dying word. He loved, he had to say it times. He even says it as he's gargling his last breath. He's, he's like, <laughs> I, I, I liked it when he done the first last word, but you're right, he used it far too much throughout. But obviously it was I think it was only Chester or fuck face if you want to call him his real name, who used it. <laughs> oh so, god, we're definitely getting banned from Deezer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Everyone, but, everyone else said Gaylord. So yeah, that, that, <laughs> he obviously done it to kind of like they say, to kind of as we mentioned of the art to making the bad guys ugly, to use those kind of words that people just don't like. To make them even badder, you know. But mm. um his his death scene I did quite like the fact they had to get it one last time. Just to I, show it our I, I think I'm gonna maybe play devil's advocate here and maybe say maybe that was part of Rick Remender, you know, because this is set in the eighties. Um and yeah. obviously language and stuff was very different back then. So, yeah, but then if you're going to use that excuse, the N-word is not used in either volume. So we're not playing, yeah, let's not go down that road, man. Yeah, we're not playing it for the 80s, so you're allowed to say what you want. No. If you're yeah. using a word like that too many times in a volume just for shock factor, use it once, use it twice. That's no, fine. I'm, in, I'm in firm agreement with you, mate. I, I think it, the word was overused a little bit too much in there. Let's just check up with the comments before we move on. Uh, off my shelves is saying, uh, I think he's talking about the um, the narration in the margins here. He says, it was reminiscent of kill or be killed with lots of exposition next to the scene, but that became part of the style of the book more so than here. Definitely uh, spot on with that. 
And we have Firehawk in the house as well. Howdy to you, mate. Hope you are well. Okay, Scott, what about yourself, man? Writing? Um, I think for me, I was just focusing on just a lot of the emotional side of things with what was going on. Um, you know, every character has their backstory and their reasons for feeling and acting the way they do and you know as they're teenagers everything is you know instantly highly strung even more and you know i think i think that was what i've like like really remembered about the book is just how emotional and amped every you know all the characters you know marcus sire maria um Fuckface, you know, all, 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 all them, you know, everyone is just, you know, just so emotional. There's so much going on, like you know, the the relationship and stuff with Marcus and Maria. That is just like, that's just crazy. That was just a bit mental. Where she tried to shoot him with an arrow that Sire caught, and it's just, yeah. Yep. You have to, you have to wonder. Do any of the characters ever have any like downtime? Like chill time, you know, just just relax. Yeah, it doesn't seem like any of them have any time just to chill out and look after themselves. Like they just, you know, it's just, it's I, all just full pelt, isn't it? I I agree with Scott. I found um, in this book that it was far more emotionally charged than that first one, um, particularly around the characters, because um, I felt that's what made volume two really good with the writing. Was I actually felt like I got to know some of these people a little bit through Maria's backstory and the relationships that they were having with him cheating with Sayer. And um, I genuinely felt like we got to know a lot of people in this one. And I enjoyed that yeah. a lot with the writing because it was done so well. Yeah. I just wish yeah. that the kids were older. Um, I feel like the age of the children having sex and being naked so much was really like the, the amount of times Marcus was naked in this book was uh, I was really uncomfortable I don't know. To read. I, I, I don't know what it was. I, I think like the art style didn't make me feel so uncomfortable. Like th yeah, there was quite a few uh, panels and scenes with him naked, but then there was just one panel in monstrous of the girl naked, and that made me feel more uncomfortable because it was more realistic art. Um, well, so I, I will say I've recently read um, again. I don't want to go too far off topic, but I recently read uh, Sandcastle, which is the the book that um, uh, M Night Shyamalan's um, new movie is based on. And and I got to be honest, there's some very ropey, questionable art in there that made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Let's put it that way. So I didn't think this book hit the depths of that. Um, it's not there was the art, there was the one scene. Me. Oh. That's the only thing. It's not the art, it's the age of the characters. Just make them 18, 19. They can yeah. still be in assassin school. It's fine. Just don't I don't want to see 15-year-olds having sex in a comic book. Please don't do that. <laughs> there, there was one scene as well, whenever he was stealing the pins. And I can't remember the girl's name, but she was also suspected of stealing the pins. So they brought her into the principal's office or whatever you call her. And he they made him strip and like bend over so they could like, check his bumhole like just the like kind of the whole humiliation scene was yeah. was a wee bit uncomfortable but like but needles i don't think he would hide them there <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe they just wanted to look i don't know what it makes it even worse it's just it's just yeah. odd the fact that they made the him turn around to the girl and then bend over and then had to check his bum and i just thought that kind of humiliation scene was a bit strange but overall like see, see the book like i think we touched well, on I, I was aroused what do you mean Wow. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> We're getting banned from everything. You see the brand, right? Yeah. There you go, Spyfy. It's all going. <laughs> see, on the first book, we touched on um, the fact that Rick Remender had written this book based on a lot of his own experiences with school and stuff. Like yeah. That guy, he must have had a hard life because this book is grim. It's yeah. dark and mental and mad. There's too much that's like, it's all very depressive as well. It shouldn't be entertainment, but it is, yeah. and I enjoyed it. It's like a Tarantino for a comic book. Do, do you know, I, I, you are right. Do you know what I would like to do? I would like to sit down with Rick Remenda and just ask him, because this is semi-autobiographical, I would like to ask him which bits were true and which bits he's kind of taken that poetic license with, you know. Yeah. 
I think the next some, question, you are right. Some of this is seriously grim, you know. Yeah. The next question would then just be, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> that, should the, that should be the first question. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah. Let's just catch up with some comments here as well. Off my shelves is saying that uh, my problem with the writing is it didn't come across as teenagers. It was all very forced and self-aware. Trying to be cool and different, it made me uncomfortable too, Shane. Isn't that what teenagers do? Don't they try and be cool and different? Isn't isn't that the point though? I think I'm still yeah. trying. <laughs> I gave up a long time ago trying to be cool. <laughs> I've got a hat. <laughs> that is true. Said, you are looking it. very cool today. Yeah. I think Firehawk likes it too, as well, mate. I think he did say a uh, uh, nice hat as well. In here, I can't find the comment now. We've gone too far down. We skipped it too far down. Echidna saying, uh, I didn't particularly enjoy the teen angst and self loading. I had quite enough of that in real life. <laughs> Thank you, says Echidna. I think you, it is a point. I think it depends on how how you judge it. I kind of I said in when we looked at volume one, I identified this because you know I didn't have a good time at school. It was an institution for me, so I kind of identify a little bit with the angst and and all of that. Um, yeah, so I, I think I find it relatable, but I can see some people going, "Oh God, this is a bit," do you know, a bit emo. Yeah. <laughs> thing is too it obviously touches a lot on depression and and i think it starts off with maria's depression because she's just killed her ex-boyfriend in favor of her new boyfriend and obviously she's trying to try to keep a secret and she can't cope with it but i think there's a, there's a point where marcus says like he's had a lot in the past and when you go through that you can have no sympathy for other people going through it type thing yeah. so he didn't really want to know so he wasn't he wasn't uh what's the word he wasn't as caring towards her as he maybe should have been yeah, yeah, that was I, when he goes to the room and she's crying, and he just yeah, goes, and he goes to a rave. Like, goes you to the did, club. Who does yeah. that? I know but you like, don't I think, be with her. You know, as 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 teenagers, you know, everyone has got their emotional cap, you know, their emotional limit, and how much they can deal with themselves, you know. And I think, okay, so I think having sex in the park with multiple women, you're old enough to care about your girlfriend's feet. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Are you right. not wrong there? I'll, I'll sit down. I'll, I'll just... <laughs> but, you know, these are young people trying to find their yeah. way in the world. And I think that's what you have to remember is that, yep, yeah, okay, you know, you, you're saying, you know, you don't want to see it in comic books. It's a little bit comfortable, but it happens in the real world, you know. And this is based on, or some of it at least, is based on Rick Remender, his own childhood. Um, so it kind of makes sense to me that some of this you know, a little bit wrong stuff is, is in there a little bit, you know. I think it does remind you that not everything about being a, a teenager is good. A lot of it is just shit, you know. Um, can we also touch on um, the uh, Chester who wants to be a notorious murderer? And so whenever he kills the first guy or gets his gang to kill the first guy, like, it was, it was so dark and grim. They didn't just kill him. They kind of, oh, like... Yeah, it was great. They 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 played off his appendage while he was bleeding out his throat. It's just like the whole the way they described that the fact that he was able to ejaculate while he was bleeding out. Like I've that was just so strange. Hey, hey, you... to... <laughs> Come on, man! What a way to go! If you're gonna go, you might as well go out having a bit of a handy. You know what I mean? It's just the whole the whole book <laughs> is like, what's it called when you're killed while it's happening don't <laughs> even know if there's a word for that but oh, maybe they should be on my show it's just it's just so straight like it's so like it shouldn't this shouldn't be entertainment in my way yeah. because like if this was like a real uh notorious uh murderer i'm sure they all they do exist and this is based in la wasn't it am i right this is la san francisco it's, isn't it san francisco yeah. So it's just obviously these things, these serial murders do happen, but the fact that they kind of just portrayed it so hor horrifically, like you know, all the all the victims were posed masturbating when they were getting killed. It's just it's just so yeah. grim. Like it's just so so grim. Oh but, yeah, and when, when they showed the photos of like that lady on the bus and stuff as well, it was, it was all a bit. Oh god, no, just stop, please, no, yeah. no more. And is it wrong? Has, I like a kid there has nailed it right there with that comment. Bye bye, yeah. Deezer, He says. It, it's it's listen. It's the book's fault. We're talking about the book. We we we're not using these words or phrases. We're just uh, wholly describing the book. We're just trying to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Phil. Some of this was wrong, and I kind of, you know, but that's the draw of it, though, that, for me. That, that's I, what I, I say, yeah. It's no secret from, from episodes that we've done already. I like a bit of wrongness in my comic books. Like, it's um, yeah. it's good for me. Like That's what I want to be entertained, you know what I mean? I want the wrong stuff. I want the right stuff. I want just as long as it's imaginative and it's emotionally charged, it's cool. Like, I, I, I think it's good art for me. Uh, Highland G is saying uh, they are going to school. To, they are going to school to learn to kill, and you draw the line at words and torture. <laughs> That's another Fair thing. Enough. Same problem uh, as Volume One. Not enough schooling. Uh, well, yeah, I remember you saying that. And Chris from off my show is saying it was grotesque. It would be an ambivalent ending. I think. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> ambidextrous ending <laughs> no maybe not it's nice. I Best really I really enjoyed the whole uh, scene you know where they you know devised a plan to break into Chester's house and you know they 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 made you know they had like a blueprint panel didn't they of like the little cartoony drawings of like right you're gonna go here you're gonna yeah. do this you're gonna do that and then yeah. you know the whole scene after that and you're seeing everything unfold that was just it was just very fun and very cool and the, you know the little twist of even just the back door being um, reinforced steel and you know just so like again you know it just shows that like they have this lack of experience their plan sounded cool. And it should have worked, but then it didn't work because they didn't think out these things and they still have a lot more to learn, but they managed to get through it. Yeah, that, Do you know that what I really funny. liked about that scene as well? The uh, the part where they uh, hide in the fridge? Because that genuinely yeah. fooled me. When the guy looks over, I'm like, well, where have they gone? And then <laughs> they're inside the fridge. I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah it was great. but that was an 80s fridge. There's no way they would have opened that from the inside. They were no just <laughs> They struggled to open it, didn't they? That's why they kicked. But they kicked it. Oh yeah, he did kick the fridge. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Did. yeah. All right, oh, folks. Yeah. Is there any more on the writing that you want to touch on very briefly so we can move on? I liked how, like, I liked how the diary worked into this story. Like it was, you know, it just dotted in here and there, but it's opened up some things. You know, the his, you know, Marcus's little um, dorm room mate who you know knows about the diary handed it to the head teacher of the school and so th- nothing has happened from that yet so we've got that to see in the future what what will happen from that that was good to see in volume 2 there because i know when we read volume 1 we i think we all all four of us were really eager to find out what it was marcus had actually done um within his school because we didn't know did we and in yeah. this it i don't think it disappointed i i that was a real page turner as well trying to find mm-hmm. that i think that was a moment i'd been waiting for in this yeah yeah whenever the uh the snitch i forget his name who passed on the diary to master lynn i thought it initially was Shabnab. Gonna... Was that his name? Shab, that's the one i He's the one that i come from one shits himself to avoid being beat up yeah yeah that's yeah that's, <laughs> that's that one he's his roommate so he, he gave the, the diary and and obviously something they, they read something, but I thought it was going to be the whole Chico murder thing. But now I'm convinced it's not. There's obviously something else going forward because they didn't address it, you know. So there's obviously because to be fair, in this story, we didn't we got the, what happened in the orphanage, but we didn't get that much more of Marcus's kind of motivations now. And you know, he wanted to kill Ronald Reagan. Wait, wait a minute. So you think when Master, what's his name? I can't Lynn, remember his name. Lynn, Lynn, yeah, Lynn. when Master Lynn had read the diary, you don't think that was him finding out about the Chico murder? You think something else was in there? Yeah, because oh. nothing came of it. There's nothing. I'm not only, I'm only speculating. I don't know because nothing really came of it. Yeah, yeah. It's just him finding. Yeah, out yet. That, but Marcus got taken into the school because they think he killed a bunch of people. So it's just the truth that he didn't. I think that's oh, what okay. to the market. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because he does. There's clearly something that's going to come of that, though, because yeah. he does say, doesn't he, put it back. He can't know this is missing, you know. So, and he tells him to report back to him, doesn't he, on anything, you know. So, I think there's going to be more down the line. Uh, I can't wait to get into number three now. All right. Yeah. Should we do it then, folks? Yeah. Should we yes. do it right at that time? So, glasses are on. None of you brought your glasses. Oh, so- sorry. Sorry. Well, come on. There we go. Scott's bought his glasses. All right, folks, you know the drill. If you've read along with us this week, uh, drop your final thoughts and your score out of 10 into the chat right now. 
uh, and I'll make sure I pick up everybody's scores and we'll get an average of, of what everybody thinks. So let's go for it then, uh, round the table. Phil, over to you, mate. Cool. Um, th- this was just kind of like action-packed and full of depth right from the start, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed this a lot more in the first volume, even though it is really grim. But I kind of refer to it like a, as like a Tarantino style in a movie, you know, that as a creator he can push those kind of boundaries. And it is grotesque and it is grim, but like kind of want to see what he does with it type thing. So I enjoyed it for that. Um, for me, for this this volume, like we mentioned, Maria's backstory. I'm actually thinking about it. Maria's backstory or Maria's the history with Chico's dad is essentially going to take up three volumes: volume one, this one, and the next one that appears. And I like that they're branching that out, and there's still that kind of secrecy with Marcus and even Saya. There's not a lot known about her. I think they mentioned that in the book, and it just kind of builds it up. There's going to be so much to come with it. Um. The, the the gun battle scene was great. The the fight scenes were great. Um, uh, Marcus pooping on himself and having to wipe wipe his bum with Blaine's t shirt <laughs> and getting kicked out of the comic book store. It was it was just it was just hilarious. Um, but I love as well how they've written the fact that the kids are still still underdogs. They're still learning. They're not even though they're deadly assassins. Like they're outwitted by a bunch of hillbillies because they're still only young kids. And I love that. Um, so yeah, for me, it, it's. It's on up a point from last time. I give a seven point five last time. This time I'm going to eight point five. Okay, that's an eight point five from Phil. Nice one, Shane, the man in the hat. I enjoyed this volume. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first volume. Um, I enjoyed the story, and I enjoyed that we got more about the characters. But I don't know. There was just something off, and I think it's because. I really, really enjoyed the first volume, and this was just like more of the same art-wise. So I think I can't explain it. There was just something in my brain while I'm reading it. I just wasn't registering the art as well as I was in the first book. The story was great. Um, characters fine. Marcus naked too much. Sex with kids too much. I'm not enjoying that. Um, the use of oh, the overuse of certain words. It loses points for me for that because. It's just not needed in the book. Great villain, great tie up to the to that part of the story, and then the build up to um, Chico's dad walking into the room holding his head. What a great cliffhanger! Yeah. Um, I will carry on reading, but for me, this drops a point from my last score because of the over sexualization of these children, the overuse of certain words. I just don't enjoy that in my books. So for me, it's a seven point five. Okay, it's a seven point five from the cat in the hat. We've reversed them. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Shelf, what do you got to say about it? For me, I found this quite like a highly strung, high octane book with lots of teenage emotion and drama, and you know, some of it, uh, you know, is I think is quite relatable to a lot of us, to be honest. Um, Highland G made a good point earlier, you know, with the whole like, you know, they go and they go to school to learn to kill and you draw the line at words and torture. Like it would be weird if this book wasn't dark, like Mm. it would be missing something if it was just learn how to kill. And then the rest of the world was nice. You know what I mean? So like, you know, it uh, it has to have this dark aspect. Maybe it shouldn't be as dark or, you know, something shouldn't be you know, mentioned or, or drawn or written about whatever, but um, it needs to be, uh, it needs to be dark for it, for it to be the book that it is. Um, you know, the art is consistent and I loved it. And, you know, the, the, the colors of whole pages just being one simple color was, was really great. Um, and it's something that I enjoyed all the way throughout. Um, and, and yeah, like Shane said earlier, that the fact that this was tied up nicely with Chester and then we're going in and it's quite organic we're going in quite well into Chico's father and we're going to see how that goes with volume three um yeah I, I read this all in one hit and I really enjoyed it I'm, I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, it's an eight so clearly better than Doctor Strange Strange Origins for you. yep <laughs> a bit a bit just a bit yeah just yeah a, little. a smidge right. a smidge <laughs> All right. Uh, if anybody wants to drop their score in who hasn't, uh, want to do that now, we'll give you a few seconds to do that if you haven't already. Um, and then we will go through and uh, check them comments there. 
Um, so, so far we have uh, Adam and Carl coming in with a 6.5. Mixed feelings on this one. Preferred the first volume. So uh, I think they're uh, in Camp Shane today. Uh, we've got Tom this month in movies. Of course, Tom was the man that chose the book this week. He says, I absolutely love the story from volume one to the latest issue. Art style is consistent throughout. The coloring is brilliant. Volume two gets a nine out of 10 from me. Hope you all enjoyed it. Here's the volume three. Strange fart noise. That'll do. God, there goes Apple. Right. <laughs> Spotify next. Who's there? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Echidna uh, it comes in with volume two, continued to impress and surprise me. It's an eight out of 10 from Echidna. All right. Uh, and I think we've just got one more in here as well. We've got, you've all left it to the last minute this time, keeping me on my toes. Island G comes in with that eight for me. It only gets better. Uh, I can't wait to find out. All right. I'll do mine real quick and we'll, 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 uh, we'll we have one more score. Oh, do we? Sorry. Take my after screen there and look what happens. Uh, we've got off my shelves here. He's saying that the lack of characters I can latch onto like volume one made me look for the school premise as that idea still intrigues me the most, but nothing. I was not a fan. I'll be honest. It's a four. Oh, Chris, Chris, Chris. We need to have that's a chat, okay. mate. We, we used to yeah, no, it's, it's totally okay. But yeah, I want to, that's why we do this. You know, I you like to know. Why. Yeah. 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 I like to know all of the little details. Uh, okay, I'll do mine real quick then. Uh, I think that is the last score there. Um, I love this. I'll be honest with you. I like the dark, wrong stuff in comic books, as long as it's proving a point um, for me. Yeah. Um, if it's needless and unnecessary, um, then I don't like it. Um, but if it's proving a point, and I think it goes back to what Scott said, that's how I view it through my eyes, is that I think he's showing the world of a teenager isn't a lovely place all of the time. Um, it's full of confusion. It's full of learning. It's full of mistakes. Um, and it generally is just full of lots of crap feelings, high highs and low lows, you know. Um, and I enjoyed that, though, in the characters. And I found it quite relatable uh, to my own time spent at school. Um, again, I think the way that they developed the story on, I think the way that Rick Remender has continued to pull that those threads of those stories that he started in volume one has been fantastic um the villain uh, i i loved the development that we got from the villain i'm kind of a little bit sad he's dead because he was such a bloody good villain yeah you know i kind of wanted him to carry on <laughs> i was like no don't kill him yet we're not done um <laughs> but uh i'm sure that there's going to be uh other another villain that is just as cool turning up uh you know and i'm guessing that's going to be chico's dad now isn't it based on the cliffhanger that shane was talking about there but what really got me was the emotion in this it was the connection between the characters that's what sold this book and it's what made everything seemed necessary even the wrong stuff um all these people sharing this fun time bad times crazy times was super effective for me reading it. Now, I think I gave volume one a 7.5. Um, looking back on it now, I do feel that that should have been a little bit higher. But um, based on where it all fits for me, I'm giving this one a bump up. I'm, I'm doing a fill here, and I'm going to give this 8.5 as well. Um, purely because this book, and we're only on volume two, but this book has already become or becoming one of my top image titles i think mm -hmm. um, and i can't wait to read on i think i'm going to go all the way on this one for me i don't know so we have got another score in here as well he's late to the pie but it's our man liam who says if i recall i wasn't impressed by the first one this one was better it's a seven nice from miss yeah, all right, so let's see where it all falls. Uh, we're running out of time here. So everybody participating uh, in the read-along this week for Deadly Class Volume 2 has given this, on average, a 7.1. Nice. Yeah. Noise. And we have given this uh, an 8.5, a 7.5, an 8, and an 8.5. That brings it in at an average of 8.1. So if, let's just see what falls on the nerd ed leaderboard. Maximum Carnage. Um, <laughs> Union Maximum Carnage. Let me get rid of that banner as well, folks, because it drives everybody up the wall. Ooh. So this comes in one decimal point higher than volume one. 
Uh, so this <laughs> this is in seventh place, I think. Yep, joint right, with yep. Planet Hulk. Nice. Wow. Well, okay. How do we feel about that? We feel that that's deserved. I feel fine. Yeah, it's around the right yeah. place. That's all right. Yeah. yeah. I I definitely feel this is a better written volume for me. Um, I understand, uh, like your concerns as well, Shane. Like, I totally get why you've marked it down. Totally get that. Um, but I felt the writing in this and the art was like a step up from volume yeah. one for me. We, we got into the meat and bones, didn't I, really? That's more in the characters and stuff. So, yeah. It, it, is, it is point one better than the first volume. We've yeah. done enough talking about meat and bones in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Spotify. And that's the, that's the lock on. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up then, folks. Uh, that's what we made of Deadly Class Volume Two uh, from Image in 2015. And next week, folks, uh, we are going to be reading. We're going to be swatting up on some MCU goodness, uh, and we're going to be reading The Eternals Volume One from 1976. So I think Volume One contains issues one to eleven. Uh, so it's a bit of a longer read this week, but we're going to be doing that swatting up. We want to know what's coming in the MCU. And of course, this is some Jack Kirby, you know, artwork and him on writing as well. So it's it's going to be shiny. Hmm. Right, Shane? <laughs> Shane? He's already read it. Shane, don't cry, Shane. Don't cry. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah. That's what we're doing next week then, folks. So come and join us next Wednesday if you want to read along uh, The Eternals and we can all have a bit of a discussion. And I'm sure that will spill over into a little bit of a chat about the movie, which bits we're going to maybe see turn up from the comic book and which bits we won't. So, yeah, look forward to that one, uh, even though Shane's shaking his head. Let's move on. I think it's the hat. The hat's just... Maybe he wasn't shaking his head. Maybe the hat was just wobbling around a little bit. Squashing his head. That's too tight. All right, come on. Let's wrap it up then. Let's go around. You can let people know what you got going on this week. Phil? Uh, absolutely nothing. My channel may be dying a death, so we're not sure yet. But uh, nothing nothing upcoming. Nothing oh planned. My God. Good, goodbye, Phil's in the universe. <laughs> no. no. Oh, my God. Restore the Nerdiverse hashtag. <laughs> get, get that started. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. All right, Shane, how about yourself, mate? Um, I've got nothing coming up, but the quiz is the latest quiz is up, and the viewer competition is still live. So if you want to pop over, oh, yes. check that out and enter the viewer competition, and you can win a prize. Do you want to tell people how they do that as well, mate? Just remind yeah, folks. You watch the quiz, and during the quiz, a Hulk word smash at the movies pops up on screen, and all you have to do is figure out the answer and send me a message on Instagram at Dawn of Comics, and you'll be entered into the live draw. There you go, folks. And if you want to find Shane's Instagram handle, it'll be in the description below if you scroll down to the bottom. It's down there. At the uh, bottom, I'm at the bottom of my thing. No, everyone's at the bottom. Like you know, it's not right at the bottom. It's kind of just at the bottom. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Shane Zay from you, mate. Yeah, that's me. Scott, how are off? Da, 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 da. Comic Airwaves, baby, is back on this Saturday. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, we've obviously working on it every every day, working hard night and day. Um, uh, yeah, we're prepping for it. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a really good one. Um, nothing, uh, no special guests, just just the three of us having a great time. And oh yeah, Phil's special guest. Uh, yeah, ev everyone involved as well. Obviously, we want as many people as we can to get there, uh, so we can have a good jolly time. Uh, yeah, so that'll be it uh, this Saturday at half past eight in the PM of the GMT, and uh, we will um, also be doing the auction on the eighth. Of August, so that's the week after. So save your pennies, get your pennies and ready. Do you want to remind people who you're doing the auction yeah, for this so time? We are going to be supporting Pancreatic Cancer UK. There we go. Awesome. I've got some more books to send you as well, mate. Oh they'll be in the post shortly. I just need to sort stuff out. I've got no problem. I'm, I'm, no rush. I am literally in the process of selling off about sixty percent of my comic book nice. collection. So. I just need to go through it and sort out which bits I want to get rid of, which bits I don't, etc. Uh, I will. Is that you, Scott? Are you done there, yes, Scott? That's, that's yeah. me all done. 
I'll wrap us up with a few shout outs and, uh, and a few uh, recommendations for people. Uh, before we do, though, uh, Chris here is saying, Phil, you were on his channel on Friday. So you have been productive, just like all you lovely nerds. I can't now, wait to I don't, Yeah, and me as I now. Let's not say anything because I don't know whether Chris wants us to say anything about it or, or not. So when he's ready, we'll say something for people. If he's not ready, we won't say nothing. Okay. We've already been banned from Spotify, Deezer, <laughs> Apple. I don't want to be banned from Chris's channel as well. Like, let's let's stop. All right, <laughs> recommendations and shout-outs. Uh, let me get through this real quickly. Uh, first person I want to shout-out is, I think we've shouted him out here before as well, good friend of the channel, um, and I'm missing. We need to hang out more, uh, but go and check out Lee uh, over at the Nerd Burger. Uh, I think he's recently just done an update on his collection and all the bargains yeah. that he's picked up. He finds some amazing bargains, man, amazing bargains, Lee. Right. That shop he goes to, I just if I if I ever beat him there, he's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Um, and also uh, go and check out. Now they're on YouTube, and I've got their link here for their channel. But they're also like on Instagram and a few other places as well that you can find them too. Uh, but go and check out this week in Metropolis. Uh, they are a podcast who uh, they interview all sorts of people uh, from creative types to comedians to I think they even had Otis on there once. You remember Otis from um, was it the Gadget Show? Really? That's yeah, cool. they had Otis on there once as well, man, which was really cool and interesting. Yeah. Um, so they have lots of different people, comic book people, creators, comedians, like lots of different range. And it's just a good if you're a fan of conversation, it's a good podcast. So go and uh, go and check them out. And the last shout I want to do is an Instagram shout out. Go and check out our friend Glenn2k4 over on Instagram as well. Um, he, he's a good friend of ours as well. And uh, I've been having a conversation with him this week uh, about Deadly Class. Uh, he's a cool guy. So go and check him out too. Yeah. And as I always say, if you like what we do, you'll love what they do, they do as well. Uh, and they're probably not banned from all the major <laughs> podcast platforms. So all right if you will just briefly look under your chairs guys you will find underneath there a wave if you could please get that out for me right it's now heavy. it's heavy i'm just gonna make you wave now like just keep going you know it doesn't even matter we're banned from everywhere now so it doesn't even matter just 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 wave just keep who cares man all right see you next week guys bye, bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Love you. <laughs>